Welcome back to the Spartan Pride Podcast, Week Zero Edition, going around college football. We'll take a quick trip around Michigan State football, quick trip around the Week Zero schedule that I know everybody's looking forward to on this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast as the 2023 season finally kicks off. As many of you know, it'll kick off at 2.30 on Saturday when Notre Dame and Navy play a football game a little bit east of both schools out in Ireland. Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland. That's where the midshipmen's, the middies, if you will, will take on Notre Dame. Navy, of course, with a new coach. Adding to the intrigue, Notre Dame with a new quarterback. A handful more games to talk about in week zero. Michigan State football is going to begin to transition from fall camp to game week. We all wonder what that means for the quarterback situation. We all wonder what it means for the running back situation too. We'll talk about that and more as we go around college football on this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of the fans' first sports network. This is week zero. There's usually just a handful of games, sometimes uh, special exception games when you're dealing with Hawaii or people playing overseas. In this case, the Navy-Notre Dame game, probably the most interesting because Navy's got a new coach and Notre Dame's got a new quarterback. And it's also the second year for Notre Dame's Marcus Freeman, who is essentially learning to be a head coach on the job. Max Bulla is an addition to the Notre Dame staff after James Laronitis went back to Ohio State to coach some defense. So we'll keep an eye out to see how Max Bulla progressing. How's his progression as a coach? This is his first, not real jump, but it's a pretty significant jump from being on the Alabama staff coaching the inside linebackers with more responsibility there at Notre Dame. Other games of note this weekend, Ohio at San Diego State. If for no other reason, all the crazy weather and everything that's gone around Southern California, Ohio going well west to say hello to Brady Hoke and company. I also think that Hawaii and Vanderbilt is interesting. Tommy Chang taking over for the Rainbows. He's going to be in a very hot, humid environment a long way from Oahu. Vanderbilt looking to get off to a good start. Legendary Hawaii Rainbow quarterback Tommy Chang taking over for Hawaii. Let's see what he might have. Chang is a, I mean, boy, he's got a huge record at Hawaii. Everyone knows that. I mean, back when they were throwing it around, um, he, uh, Timmy Chang would, would just, um, just lighten it up. He's a local there. He went to St. Louis school, which some folks know is a bit of a quarterback factory. And Timmy Chang is going to be ready to roll. Let's see what they can do. Let's see what can be done out there. Second year at Hawaii. Last year, 3-10. and 10. Not much expected. It's going to be interesting to see that one this week as a Week 0 highlight as well. Michigan State football is making the transition. They're going to transition 
later this week into a game week to get ready for Western. That one, of course, is at 7 o'clock or 7.05 next Friday night. There will be some games on Thursday, even some Big Ten games. We'll talk about a bit as we look around the Big Ten and give a little bit of a look ahead for the Big Ten Conference. Michigan State hosting Central Michigan 7 o'clock on Friday, September 1st. What happens between now and then? Most likely, Michigan State's going to name a starting quarterback and or tell two or three of the quarterbacks that they will get time playing in that game if all goes well. It's going to be a surprise if anybody but Noah Kim is starting because of his experience level and because of a perceived advantage that he has. Though there's been progress with Caton Hauser, and there should be progress with Caton Hauser, it's hard to believe that he would be in a position to go past a guy that's been around as long as Noah Kim. If he did that, it would be a very strong suggestion that there's some real serious athletic difference in athletic ability in Caton Hauser. And if Sam Levitt jumps beyond both of those guys, uh, that would be a pretty big shock as well. And there'd be a whole lot of questions, <laughs> needless to say. So week zero's on the way. It matters. Week one matters for Michigan State, of course, as the new era begins. But let's take a look around the Big Ten, talk a little bit about a season outlook for the Big Ten Conference here on this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Let's take a little look at the Big Ten football teams and what they may expect this year. Let's go ahead and start in that JV division. You know as the Big Ten West. Definitely a solid JV division. If you're not sure why I'm saying that, go ahead and take a look at the Big Ten Championship game results for the history of the Big Ten since it split from east to west. Starting at the bottom of that division is Northwestern. Northwestern is a disorganized mess at this time. Heavy and riddled with conflict. Way short on talent. Remarkably short on urgency. The focus is not on wins and losses for Northwestern. There's going to be a distraction festival for them all year. They open up at Rutgers. They have UTEP. They go to Duke. Then they've got a Big Ten slate with Howard mixed in on October 7th and their season ending with the battle for Illinois, if you will, against Illinois on Thanksgiving Friday or Saturday, Thanksgiving weekend. In short, I don't know how Northwestern wins more than two games. It's very possible they could win less than two games. It would not surprise anybody. Why don't we talk about Illinois? Elidai trying to build. Brett Bielema is in build mode. He's looking for, I think, more sustained, I'd say sustained success this year than some kind of step up or jumping ahead, if you will. They have Toledo to open, which is not easy. They go to Kansas. Then week three, boom, hello, Penn State. That's going to be a good measuring stick for them. They got Florida Atlantic, and then they're on the road to Purdue, getting into the bulk of their Big Ten schedule. 
Purdue, we'll talk about them in a bit. But when you look at Illinois, there's a number of games they should win. I think their goal is to be competitive in each game. I do think it would be a surprise if they contended for the Big Ten West this year. But if they stay steady, if they stay steady, Brett Balaam will count this year as success, and they would be ready to look to make a jump and compete for more in 2024. New era for Bucky Badger, of course, as Luke Fickle takes over, and Wisconsin looks to, I guess, looks to compete for more. They thought things had gotten stale, and Paul Christ, and understandably with the sport changing, the conference changing, the landscape changing, decided to go ahead and make a move. That's a big move. It's going to be tested right away. And Wisconsin's got to watch out for Georgia Southern on September 16th. Clay Helton is at Georgia Southern. He's been there for a while. He's a really good coach. I would just keep an eye on that one. But I look at Wisconsin, I see a team that's likely to lose somewhere between two and five games. I do not see how they are better than a two-loss team. I don't see how they lose more than five. It's possibly unlikely that it's somewhere in the middle. Let's see how the Badger fans react to that. One thing the Badger fans have maybe had trouble digesting is that they are in a lesser division and they are not an upper crust team. They really have never been on that highest national stage. And I don't think it's very likely that that's going to happen with Luke Fickle. I would expect, if anything, they essentially steady the course or possibly regress toward the mean a little bit. Things will not get easier for them as the divisions end in the Big Ten, although if they end up in the Plains division of a four-division Big Ten, uh, that, that might help them a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see Wisconsin, what they do this year. I've got them losing somewhere between two and five games. And from there, it gets a little wacky and wild and wide in the Big Ten West. Let's talk about Nebraska. Matt Rule is there. Of course, he's the new guy. He's got a record of turning around college programs. He's got to figure out what he's got in Lincoln, and he's got some pieces and parts that we don't know a whole lot about. They may find a way to fit together better than we've seen before, or it may take a little time to really scrap and rebuild. So Nebraska, I could see winning anywhere between three and eight games. That sounds like an incredibly wide margin, and it is. There's such a wild card with rule. You know, traditionally, the first year of a new coach, you see the best attention from your players and programs, and you often see teams end up with a win or two more than they look like they would have on paper. If that's the case, we're looking at six, seven, or eight wins for the Huskers. And it wouldn't be a surprise. I'd be a little surprised if everything went badly and they only won three, but it wouldn't be a total shock. Minnesota is a program going in the right direction. And I see a widespread for PJ Flex team this year. That's more just because of what they have to replace than who they are and have they become. They are outstanding at the point of attack and you're gonna see years and years now of development and strength and conditioning and nutrition that's going to pay off for Minnesota as they beat a lot of people up at the front at the point of attack. Minnesota, I think, could win as many as 10 games this year. It would not be a surprise. If things went badly and they didn't find answers, I could see a 
real downside of around five wins. It's very unlikely that's going to be the case. I would expect Minnesota, when you start November, to have a chance to win 10 games. Iowa is, we know what Iowa is. Um, A lot of people wonder if what's going on with Kirk Ferentz at Iowa is a bit like what was going on during um, the ending years of Mark D'Antonio's era. Iowa looks stubborn to a fault. They look unable to change, and their offense is under a big microscope all year. If things go poorly for the Hawks, I think they win five games. If they go really, really well, I don't think they could win more than nine. Look at their schedule. Look what they are. I mean, are they going to score 35 a game? Uh, It's very unlikely. It's also unlikely Purdue is going to do much this year. New head coach, dramatic shift from Jeff Brom going back to Louisville. Some questions of how things are going to fit with a defensive-minded head coach and Graham Harrell coming in to run a pass-driven offense. I don't think it goes well for Purdue. I think they win three games. If everything goes really well, I think they win as many as seven. So that's a little preview of what to expect for the Big Ten West. It goes without saying that the West winner is going to have no chance to beat the winner of the Big Ten East. We're going to talk about the behemoth. We're going to talk about the best division, the most popular division in college football next on this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Schaap back with you on the Spartan Pride Podcast around the world of college football. Looking ahead at the Big Ten, let's do a little preview of the East now as I look at each team's schedule as I've done year and year and year and year and year again. I get an idea of what kind of win total range they have. Might as well start at the top of the conference with the Ohio State Buckeyes. They are good enough to run the table. Questions about the quarterback, I'm really not worried. Have you seen who's been their quarterback lately? And man, you got Marvin Harrison. You got Brian Hartline taking over the play calling duties. Let's see what other wide receivers are going to line up for the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes can run the table. If things go badly for them, I think they end up winning nine games. Indiana is not going to have that kind of season. The bottom may be discovered in Indiana this fall. I think Indiana, if things go well, they may win as many as seven. If they go badly, I think you're looking at a two-win football team and probably a coaching change. No change coming to Rutgers. Greg Schiano is there in a comfortable fitting chair, working a really long-range plan. I don't think there's any progress from that plan this year. I see Rutgers with a low side of three wins with a high side of five. Rutgers is a couple years away from being able to compete in the Big Ten East. Although we've talked about that in the past, I think it's legitimately the case now because Greg Schiano is good enough and an accomplished enough coach to identify what it is that they need and they are addressing that and trying to develop it. When you're talking about strength, conditioning, nutrition, you're talking about really the performance at the point of attack. That's where you have to start to have any chance to compete for the Big Ten East. Now, Maryland thinks they are there. Maryland thinks they are going to compete for the Big Ten East this year. That's what Mike Loxley said at Big Ten Media Days. And that is a large target to put on your back. Is Maryland there? Are they ready to compete for the East? I don't think so. Young Tugavailoa 
the younger brother, of course, of Tua, is a tremendous quarterback with have a humongous target on his back this year. Teams are going to prepare. They're going to scheme. They're going to try to isolate. They're going to try to take away what Maryland does best, and that may cause them some problems. But Maryland does believe they're on track to being able to compete up front, and that I, I'm with them there. I'm not with them on the co-coordinator experience or that they're going to try. They're going to have Mike Loxley, Josh Gaddis, and Kevin Sumlin all in there. That's probably too many cooks in the kitchen. I see a downside of Maryland as a four-win team. I see the upside, pretty good upside at nine wins. I, I don't see how Maryland's going to get to ten wins. Penn State is one of those games. It's a, it's a bit of a bitter rival over there in the Mid-Atlantic. Penn State is going to start with West Virginia on Labor Day weekend, which is great. And they've got a relatively light schedule in there. If things go great for Penn State, I think you're looking at a 10-win season. If things go badly for the Lions, I think you're looking somewhere around eight wins. So that's a pretty good range. They've, they've got a lot of games that you can mark off as pretty solid Ws. And I know there's some excitement for James Franklin and company that this might be his best team. I would pump the brakes on that a little bit. Let's see what they do opening with West Virginia. And let's see where they stand on, well, basically at the end of the night on September 23rd. Because they will play Illinois in Iowa in back-to-back weeks in mid-September. Although those are Big Ten West teams, they should give you an idea if this is a really good Penn State team that's going to challenge for the East, or if there's probably not quite enough there to get that done. One of the teams they'd have to beat to win the East is Michigan. They've won two division championships in a row, as everyone knows. And... They've really had a lot to say in the offseason. I don't think that's going to serve them too well this fall. I don't think that the targets they've put on themselves are are going to serve them. Um, If things go badly for Michigan, they could win as few as six games. And that's a really bad result. I I grant you that. If they go really well, I I think they'll have a shot to win 10. But I don't don't think this is a 10-win team. I think Michigan has overachieved to Jim Harbaugh's credit the last couple years. Listen, unless you're at four programs in this country, you've got to overachieve to do that well. Michigan does not have an overabundance of talent. They've had things go very well in the last couple years. There is a key subtraction to their staff that may be showing up already in Biff Pogey, the new head coach at the University of Charlotte. Michigan has to figure out a way not to replace him, but to live without him. He left that program once. They didn't handle it very well. How's it go this time? I'm not sure, but you can call me crazy. I just hope to be accurate. I think Michigan's going to win between six and nine games. And that leaves us, of course, with the Michigan State Spartans, who have a wider spread than Michigan. We will talk more about Michigan State literally week to week, and we'll probably do more of a season preview right before Labor Day, probably the Wednesday of that week. When I look at the Spartan schedule, I see a whole wide open spread. Not like we've seen in years past. I see on the low end, a five-win team. On a high end, if things go really, really well, I see a 10-win possibility. 
Michigan State will have a great season if they're playing on Black Friday with the chance to beat Penn State to go 10-2. and two. That would be a fantastic season. If things don't get going well or if there's a real injury disruption like we saw last year or if there's another kind of breakdown, I think you see a team that's scratching at five wins and there's a lot of conversations that would happen if that is the case. Mel Tucker knows. His assistant coaches know. They're all in contract years except the coordinators. Um, And Tucker has said before that he's coaching for his job. That's kind of the nature of being a coach at a very major college program or the NFL level. He knows that. Now what's he going to do with it? It's going to be exciting to watch and see. I can tell you this. He's excited about the team they have. He does not want a lot of publicity or promotion of his team. He does not want his players saying, we're going to be really good this year. He's going to tamper that down as long as he can because he thinks he's got something significant cooking once again in East Lansing. And again, as many of you know, I will remind you again, tell your friends, it all starts up front in the Big Ten East. It is a unique division. You must compete there to have any chance. That's why the Spartans are such a wild card. That's why they could win as few as five games and as many as 10 in the coming 2023 regular season. How about that for a little walk around college football? Walk around the Big Ten today. So we did a little preview action of both the East and the West. You add them all up. I've got the Buckeyes winning the Big Ten this year and probably looking to win a lot more and possibly send Ryan Day off to the NFL off a national championship. It's in the cards. It's possible. Everything is possible now, isn't it? Week zero. 2023. We are ready to get going. I hope you're excited. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. We will be back next week, game week, week one for Michigan State. I'll talk to you then.